Well, good morning, church. So good to see all of you today. Man, four days away, it is going down at our house. Thanksgiving is almost here. And let me just tell you this morning, this boy can eat. And uh, I am so excited uh, to be with you today. Um, Trevor, team, thank you for leading us this morning. What a joy it is to join as the body of Christ and remember and realize and sing together who we worship, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's such a joy to be with you. My name is Danny, and uh, my wife, Melissa, is here with me. Um, every year for the last several years, Mel and I have come to uh, Fort Worth for our anniversary. And, uh, man, it, is, it has been a good week. Um, last night, we got to have dinner with Lance and Deanna and Nikki at Riata, and God is good. Uh, and so thank you for welcoming us. Uh, we have come to love this city. We've come to love this place. And we've come to love you guys. We have just come out of a series that Doug has preached on heaven. And oftentimes when you, you think of heaven, it's overwhelming. To think of, of the unknown and, and what is to come and what hope and help and joy as we walk through what awaits us, that we get to see Jesus. We get to see our helper. We get to see our healer. And as I was praying this morning what the Lord may have for today, coming out of that series, and as Doug begins a series on Advent next Sunday, the Lord brought me to Luke chapter 17. And if you would turn in your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 17, we'll begin in verse 11. But as you turn to Luke chapter 17, I I, I was thinking how often we live our lives in one of two ways. First of all, oftentimes we either over-exaggerate the past or we overestimate the future. And what I mean by that is oftentimes we live our lives and we're not focused on today and what Jesus has for today because of where we used to be. You know, the older I get, the better a ball player I used to be. I mean, I could... Dude, I used to, I was a stud back in the day. And then I see the reflection in the mirror and realize, well, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Or maybe for you, when you think of the past, it's not the heights, it's not joy, it's not something you accomplished for you. It may be that sin that looms so large in your past that you can't seem to live for Jesus tomorrow, much less today. Or... You overestimate the potential. You overestimate the future thinking that, you know what, I, I'm, I'm not living for Jesus today. I'm, I'm not where I should be today. But you know what? It'll just get better tomorrow. The grass is always greener tomorrow. And so often we're focused on the past or focused on the potential that we underestimate the present. The Bible says in Proverbs that Jesus has given us one day today. The past is gone. The future hasn't yet arrived. And so as I've been praying and thinking on this morning, Jesus led me to, to Luke chapter 17. And let's begin this morning in verse 11. The Bible says, Now it happened as Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. 
Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when Jesus saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. This morning, there are six things I want us to look at in the text. The first of all, we see the realization. We see that Jesus is entering the village. And it's important to note in in this passage of Scripture, the Bible says what happened is he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. It's important to see that Jesus found the lepers. The lepers didn't find Jesus. Jesus intentionally walked there where they were. In the series that Doug recently did, Worship Transformed, Jesus, Doug walked us through Jesus and how he walked through Samaria and met the woman at the well. A good Jew, a spiritual Jew, a religious Jew did not walk, did not go in places like Samaria, Galilee, because those areas were full of people that were broken. That were less than mixed genders, mixed breeds. There was there was a whole different lifestyle instead of people that that Jews were too good to be around. But just like that story, Jesus travels through two places of rejection here. And as Jesus comes, we see that the lepers see Jesus. Can you imagine just for a moment the realization that Jesus, the healer. Jesus, the Savior, is coming to our town, coming near our colony. And the Bible says that the lepers called out to Jesus. I ask you this morning, church, when was the last time that you realized and remembered our desperate need for Jesus? The Bible says in verse 12 that they stood afar off. They were fully aware of their brokenness. You see, in that day and age, leprosy was a death sentence. Leprosy started off as a small, sometimes unidentified spot that quickly grew to rotting off flesh, rotting off fingers. It was a death penalty. And so you would then be declared that you have leprosy by the priest and then you would be shunned. You would be pushed aside. You would, you would be outside of the city limits. You would be away from your, your, your family, your friends, your life as you knew it was no more. And so you see these lepers standing afar off because they're fully aware of their brokenness. I ask you this morning, what is it in your life that's causing you to stand afar from Jesus? What is it that you've struggled with, that you've battled with, that maybe no one else knows about? And Jesus seems so far away. Just imagine what it was look, what it was like for them to realize Jesus had come to them. Next, in verse 14, we see the responses. 
So when he saw them, when Jesus saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. First, we see Jesus' response to the lepers when he saw them. Jesus saw the lepers when no one else did. Jesus did not see them for who they were. Jesus saw them for who they could be. Jesus enters the scene. And after these lepers have been abandoned, put aside, the doctors have given up, society has given up, families have given up, culture's response is you are banished. Jesus' response is you are loved. What joy and hope this should give us that regardless of where you've been, what you've done, how you've sinned, how you've fallen, Jesus comes to where we are. The tin couldn't come to Jesus, but Jesus came to them. Are you here today? Are you listening online? And maybe you feel like you can't run to Jesus. You can't crawl to Jesus. Maybe you don't feel that you can walk to Jesus today. You feel hopeless. You feel helpless. I pray that today Jesus reminds us that he is okay with getting dirty. Jesus is okay with uncomfortable. Jesus is okay with brokenness. Jesus comes to where we are. And then we see the leper's response to Jesus. Can I just say this morning that the lepers responded differently than I do so many times in my life. Jesus gives them a task. Jesus says, go to the priest. It was the priest who then declared that you're healed. It was the priest then that allowed you to then go back to a normal way of life. How often I have lived my life and Jesus has given me a directive through his word has given me my next steps. And I've not obeyed Jesus because I've tried fixing it. I say this to Jesus, Jesus, you heal me. You give me what I've wanted what I believe I deserve, what I've prayed for. Jesus, you give me that. You you show me the next step. And then, Jesus, I will follow you wholeheartedly. But that's that's not what happened. The Bible says, Jesus looked at them and said, obey me. The healing did not come until they took the first step. The ten didn't rely on themselves. They simply obeyed Jesus. And the Bible says, and so it was that as they went, they were healed. If we do what Jesus has called us to do, Jesus can then do what we cannot do. And church, how often, and maybe, maybe it's me this morning, please understand that I'm not standing up here pointing the finger. 
I am as Paul that said, I am the chiefest of sinners. This morning, God has been getting all over my heart this week and this month. How often I want Jesus to show me the next step. And then, Jesus, I'll show you how faithful, how loyal, how much I love you. But Jesus calls us to obey. What has Jesus been telling you to do? Are you listening? Are you obeying? Are you taking that next step? Are you still trying to figure it out on your own? Not only do we see the realization, not only do we see the responses, but then we see in verses 15 and 16, the return. The Bible says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. When the last one was healed, he stopped. He went back to simply say, thank you. And just as the prodigal father, as the father was waiting for the return of the prodigal son, Jesus was waiting for the leper's return. You look at the text. The one did not have to go and find and search for Jesus. Jesus was easily found. In a message a few months ago, I wrote this down. Jesus is not playing hide and seek with you. He's as available as the air you breathe. Jesus can be found. Church this morning, are we seeking him? When this one understood that he was in possession of healing, he got in the proper position before the healer. You see, he was fully aware that there was nothing that he had done to be healed. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, that our righteousnesses are as filthy rags before a holy God. How often we do things for Jesus or we check off some boxes on our spiritual walk. And so then we look at a holy God saying, God, well, you can know, I, I, I kind of deserve these things. I kind of have good things coming. This one understood there was nothing that he did or could do to heal himself. The leper knew that he had leprosy. He was fully aware of his state. Church this morning, when was the last time that we fell on our face before Jesus to say, Jesus, I'm here for nothing other than to say, thank you. Thank you for what you've done for me. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 146 through chapter 150 begins and ends with, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. You see, pr praise changes everything. Because when you praise, you begin to focus on what you do have, who you do have, and you stop focusing on what you don't have. I remember years ago, my dad coming to me and I remember my dad's a pastor, and I remember hearing my dad preach. And it was a dark season of my life, and he came to me, and he said, Danny, I want you to, to do something. He said, I want you to take a blank piece of paper, and I want you at the top of that piece of paper write these words, I thank God for. And then I want you to begin to fill in the blanks. I want you to be specific. I can't tell you how many times in my life... 
oftentimes during the night when life is heavy. The nights seem long, the seasons seem dark and gray. That I've gone to my bedside or I've gone to the kitchen table and taken out a blank piece of paper and wrote in capital words at the top, I thank God for, and then begin to fill in and think on and focus on what Jesus has done for me. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus has been good and faithful, and I've not deserved any of it. Jesus saved my soul. I'm not the man that I used to be because of God's goodness and grace and mercy and forgiveness. I look at my life, and as I was thinking and praying on this message, thinking of God's gift in Melissa. I have a wife. It doesn't just put up with me. And and let me tell you, there's a lot. There's a whole lot to put up with. But she faithfully, consistently loves me. If you guys have the picture of my boys, God has blessed Melissa and I with three boys. Trey is 17 years of age, a senior in high school. We've got Nolan, the eight-year-old in second grade. And then... Our little four-year-old spark plug arsonist, like this kid will burn our neighborhood down with the most adorable smile on his face. Can I tell you that as someone that has fallen, someone that has strayed, someone that has run from Jesus, God has given me three boys that continually point me back to him. Every day, I praise God. There's, there's no one in my life that motivates me, compels me to be more like Jesus than my wife and my boys. Church, what would happen if we started to live a life of consistent, daily, faithful praise? When we begin to thank God for what we have, we quickly stop focusing on what we don't have. And then at the end of verse 16, we see the remark. The Bible says that he came back and thanked Jesus in these five words, and he was a Samaritan. You see, a Samaritan wasn't good enough in the Jews' eyes. He was less than. He was looked down on. He was broken. He was unclean. Jesus did not put this this small little portion at the end of verse 16 to remind us of who the Samaritan was to put him down. To shame him. To remind the Samaritan of, hey, you're, you're not good enough. You're dirty. I believe that Jesus reminds us of the Samaritan because Jesus reminds us that he loves you. And he loves me. Jesus loves broken people. Jesus is worth a personal, grateful response. I resemble these remarks when I think of the Samaritan. I think of what I've done and where I've been. If you could go back 15 years, literally to this day, to this weekend, I will never forget this weekend the rest of my life. I had just gone through a terrible divorce. I was serving as a student pastor at my dad's church, and I had an affair. 
My world came crashing down around me. My sin, my selfishness, my isolation, my justification. This weekend, 15 years ago, I was homeless for six months. I lost my job. Lost our home. And as I read the last part of verse 16, I can't stop but to praise Jesus for who he is and for what he's done. He was a Samaritan, but Jesus still loved him, cared for him. And then in verse 17 and 18, we see the rebuke. Jesus looks at the Samaritan and says, hey, weren't there... Weren't there nine others? Didn't I heal ten of you? The nine never returned. But church, before we get too hard on the nine, before we look down on the nine, we need to look at ourselves. Can I tell you that so often I'm like the nine? I fail to remember where I was and how faithful and good Jesus has been. I take it for granted. Vance Havner said the same sun melts ice and hardens clay. Can any of you relate to those nine that didn't return? Instead of us pointing the finger and saying, man, I can't believe that Jesus has redeemed or restored their, their, their lives were completely changed. But how often you and I fail to stop. living our lives as as we choose to live it, moving on and stopping Jesus I don't deserve who you are and what you've done the nine were essentially greatly helped by the healer they were externally healed but we see that the one was fully healed by the healer. He experienced internal healing. And in closing, let me share. In verse 19, the Bible says, Jesus said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. We see, lastly, the remedy. We see the hero of the story. It's the healer himself. The nine were more concerned about the healing than knowing the healer. The nine were more concerned about what happened on the outside than what happened on the inside. Church, do you realize how often we live our lives for the external? We want life to be good. We want to coast. We don't want problems. We won't we don't want struggles. We don't want to doubt. We don't want to be scared. We don't want to have fear. But the external is temporary. What Jesus does is eternal. Jesus changes us on the inside. You see, the Samaritan knew who he was. He knew he had a disease that only the healer could heal. And because the one returned to Jesus, 
Jesus healed him physically. And we see in the text that Jesus heals him spiritually. Have you been hurt? Do you need help? Have you strayed? Have you experienced the power of of this Jesus that we read about over and over again in the text? And it's become commonplace. We somehow think that, man, Jesus loves me and he ought to be glad I'm on the same team. Jesus ought to be glad that Man, I, I'm here today. Danny, it's, you said it yourself. It's four days from Thanksgiving. And, and I'm here today. Danny, I'm watching online. My family's flying in today. They're flying in tomorrow. I've got things to do. There, there are better things that I can do than listen to Danny Wister preach. But amen to that. Okay, let me just let me say that. But maybe, you, maybe you've been around Jesus for so long. That you've lost the wonder of what Jesus did. That the Bible says that all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen so short of the glory of God. The Bible says that we were all destined for eternal damnation for hell. But the Bible says that in John chapter 3.16, that God so loved the world. That he looked down and he gave his only son for Nikki and Hunter and Emily and Garrett and Stephanie and Trevor for Neil. May Jesus remind us this weekend the healer is good and faithful. And just like the healer was waiting for any of those ten to return, I believe that based upon this word, with every fabric of being in me, that the Jesus I know and love is also waiting for you and waiting for me. There's not a checklist of which you have to check off. There's not a list of things that, man, you need to get done before you come to Jesus. Jesus says, come to me, all that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Are there any here today that are struggling, that are battling, that are tired, that you're heavy hearted, and you've been tossing and turning and trying to figure out, Jesus, what are the next steps for me? Jesus, why would you allow me to walk through this? Where are you? And we have a Savior that says, I am where I've always been. I'm waiting on you. This morning, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe when you hear about a heavenly father, your mind immediately goes to an earthly father. Maybe you have an earthly father that hurt you. 
can I tell you that this Jesus doesn't just like you. He doesn't just care for you. This Jesus knowingly, willingly took the sins of the world upon his shoulder and died and paid the penalty so that you and I don't have to. Could today be the day for the first time that you come and you kneel before holy God and say, Jesus, I've been trying all kinds of different ways to, to be more like you, to follow you, to be as much as what I know the I think the Bible says about you or what other pastors or churches I've heard talk about you. I, I, I've tried doing that on my own today, Jesus. I realize I need to stop running and I just need to fall on my face before you. And Jesus, would you save a wretch like me? This Jesus has the power to do that. Or maybe you're here today and you know Jesus. But you need to return to Jesus. It's been a while since you knelt at his feet and said, Jesus, I'm not here to gripe. I'm not here to scream. I'm not here to cuss you out. Jesus, today I'm here. I just want to say thank you. Jesus, you're good. I'll never forget a quote at the darkest season of my life that Jesus used. Urban Lutzer said, you'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. Could it be, church, that some of you feel like some stuff has been stripped away? This last year and a half, now going on two years, has been unlike anything I've had experienced. Could it be that a good, holy God has allowed some of this so that we realize our dependence is not on the government? Our dependence is not on our jobs. It's not in our wealth, our finances. But Jesus has allowed stuff to be stripped away, not because he doesn't love us, but because Jesus says, I love you enough to let things get taken away so that you'll understand and see, I am all you need. I'm the healer. Jesus, today, I thank you for this place. Lord, I thank you for these people. God, today I pray that you will take my feeble attempt to make much of you. And God, I pray that we will be a church, that we will be a body that says, man, I want to follow Jesus. Jesus, help me to be the one. Jesus, I know so often I, I live like the nine. Jesus, forgive me. I want to come today. And I simply want to say thank you for all you've done. You're a good, faithful, loving father. God, I don't deserve any of that. Jesus, thank you for who you are and what you've done. In Jesus' precious name, amen.